This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Stamps.com. Hey, everybody, if you want to ask Joe Biden for a favor, now's the time. He's doped up or dying or something. Uh, that's right, folks. <laughs> that's right, folks. Dark Brandon has become Dank Brandon. Uh, he's enacted yet another extremely popular policy, this time related to the legality, uh, criminalization of marijuana, and the people who have been needlessly incarcerated for simple possession or use of the very cool, very useful plant. Alongside pardoning thousands of people with federal marijuana convictions, Biden also indicated that his White House is considering a change to the classification of marijuana under federal law. And it's kind of hard to overstate just how big of a move this is. And all done with the stroke of a pen, proving that uh, we can have nice things, we can get things done, and they should go further with it instead of just doing these, like, kind of cautious uh, takes at it. Yeah, much like with the student debt relief thing. Uh, look, not complaining. Step in the right direction. Could have gone a little bit further. They're going to call you the devil. Whether you do the half-assed way or you go all the way. Yes. So why not just go all the way? Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of caveats to both things. It's like, who cares? Mm -hmm. They're going to use it against you regardless. Just go for it, dude. Go for it. Come on, Joe. Now, before we just read the statements from the White House directly, we should point out that this is not legalization or full decriminalization of the substance. But it is a huge step in the right direction and will have a substantial effect on people who have had their lives upended and ruined by some clearly archaic, arguably racist laws. Uh, and also, as of right now, the effectiveness of this updated policy will rest on the states. We love the states, don't we, folks? Mm -hmm. So many different approaches to <laughs> the American projects. You can find 50 different takes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a big question mark. And, you know, whether or not they want to pardon their own incarcerated citizens uh, at the state and local level. Hint, red states probably not going to be so quick to embrace and enact such a policy. We'll be pleasantly surprised if some of them do decide to follow suit. Sure, I'm yeah. just not holding my breath because, like, in some states, marijuana possession, you might as well have heroin or cocaine. Like, they, they see Or no kill someone. I don't, I don't know. And that's uh, the thing, yeah. too, is it's just like uh, a lot of these red states are looking at both this and uh, even though it's half-assed, the approach to student loan forgiveness and saying, well, where will we find our cheap labor? Because that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, Biden, uh, God, this is like, it's, it's, it's like Lincoln and Robert E. Lee all over again. They're, they're taking away my slaves. That's, you mean? Listen, the first time if you, we agreed that the 13th Amendment said no more slaves, except the people we round up for crimes. Yes. And now you're saying I have a lot fewer crimes to round people up for and so I can turn them into slaves. This feels um Yeah, when you get to the wrong. to the heart of it, it really seems like that is the My goal. slaves. Yeah. Not my slaves. But Joe took my slaves. <laughs> but here's the full statement from Dank Brandon. As I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. Today I'm taking steps to end our failed approach. Allow me to lay them out. First, I'm pardoning all prior federal offenses of simple marijuana possession. There are thousands of people who were previously convicted of simple possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result. My pardon will remove this burden. Good. Second, I'm calling on governors to pardon simple state marijuana possession offenses. Mm. 
<laughs> Just as no one should be in a federal prison solely for possessing marijuana, no one should be in a local jail or state prison for that reason either. It sounds like you're trying to take away my slaves, too. <laughs> Third, we classify marijuana at the same level as heroin and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. I'm asking Secretary Becerra and the Attorney General to initiate the process of reviewing how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. I'd also like to note that as federal and state regulations change, we still need important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales of marijuana. Sending people to jail for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives for conduct that is legal in many states. That's before you address the clear racial disparities around prosecution and conviction. Today, we begin to right these wrongs. And yes, Okay. I did see the multiple takes that are very funny about uh, Joe Biden with the stroke of a pen uh, ruining Kamala Harris's entire resume. Yeah. Half she, my resume, gone. Yeah, she did. She convicted a lot of, a lot of marijuana crimes. You, you did it, Joe. Doing her, her... You deleted my entire career. Yeah, deleted. Ugh. Well, that's too bad. I'm sure she'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So again, big step forward, but let's talk about what this does and doesn't do. As Politico points out, the practical impact, at least immediately, may be limited. Most people in federal prison for cannabis offenses are not in prison for minor, nonviolent offenses, so the number of individuals affected by this order will be in the thousands, according to the White House. Yeah, and I've yeah, seen, I've seen like, the numbers are like 6,500 or something like that, which is, again, it is not nothing, and it should be... But yeah, most marijuana yeah. prosecution happens at the local level. You're, there isn't federal agents, like, finding a, a baggie in your car. Come with us. Uh, well, it does happen. It, it happens uh, along the border. And I think yeah. I think with this new policy, that doesn't count either. So it is, it's okay. basically just opening the doors to say to governors, hey, are you going to be on one side of this or the other in time for the midterms? Uh, but hey, this counts for DC area though. So, cause hey, you know, that's uh, yeah. still, we, we did it, Joe. 6,500 people, not nothing. Again, step in yeah, the right direction. 6,500 too many. Uh -huh. Um, and the the rescheduling thing, if and when that goes through, that should you would hope. that should have a good effect. Anyway, mm -hmm. aside from DC area prisons, this declaration allows states to follow suit if they want, giving them the ability to pardon their prisoners for cannabis possession and use, and allowing them to have those charges expunged from their records. But the state governments are going to decide if that's something they want to do or not. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a hugely popular issue, even in conservative states. And Very it has popular. been for like 20 years. Very like popular. The, the polling for like 20 years. Most people are just like, who fucking cares? Yeah. So yeah, that might force those politicians to take a, you know, a side in the lead up to the midterm elections next month. I don't it know. seems like an easy win. Yeah, you would think. But now it's a Joe Biden policy, so they're going to be automatically against it. Whereas I have always said that if Trump had legalized marijuana, through executive order, just done it like the full way, the way yeah. he does, just with no understanding. With the actual stroke of a pen? Yeah, yeah, with no understanding of like appeals process and all that, just said, it's legal now. If he had done that in like October 2020, like <laughs> landslide. Mm -hmm. And every, and all the Republican states would have been like, great work, Mr. President. The polling well, says. The, the timing would have been perfect too, because he did have that COVID diagnosis. And then he could have been like, I was wrong about the ivermectin. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for marijuana. We're legalizing it, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, take Texas, for example. There is no way in hell that Greg Abbott will go for something like this. No. But Beto O'Rourke is already campaigning on the promise. Oh, shit. Tweeting after Biden's announcement, when I'm governor, we will finally legalize marijuana in Texas and expunge the records of those arrested for marijuana possession. Beto 
is so lame, but I respect the hell out of him for, uh, you know, his Sisyphean effort to uh, try to turn Texas blue. And it's funny, like, he... He tries really hard, and yeah. I, you gotta give it to him. Well, because like most Democrats would be like, hey, "Look, you this don't, is pointless." You don't, yeah, this is pointless. Why are we wasting effort on this? But he believes, you know, he, he believes it. He's not just doing it because it's a guaranteed win. It's it's more than likely a and loss. He, but he actually, I mean, he's pretty close. It could go either way, but this could potentially edge him a little closer to Greg Abbott, who is the devil, and I hate him. Yes, and while I love <laughs> thinking about Beto O'Rourke edging, I also love. The fact that he gets in arguments with people who are against him now, like the, yeah. the facade is gone. It's like, listen, we have to be dicks in politics because the people that are yelling at us, they're fucking dicks. Yeah, I like, like he and his politics are very moderate. Like he's there, there's nothing on paper about him that's like really all that impressive. But I, I like he's got moxie, he's got gumption, and uh, yeah. yeah, he's willing to be seen as the bad guy to people who already hate him. Which yeah. is a point we keep trying to make. And I mean, like, look, I know Austin isn't Texas. <laughs> it's not a representative look at it. But mm -hmm. people in fucking Austin love Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Last time I was there, his shit was all over the fucking place. Yeah. So but as for the future uh, of marijuana legality on a federal level, that is still unknown. And despite this being one of the biggest steps in the right direction federally, it still falls short in a lot of ways. I mean, the intention is clearly to reschedule marijuana instead of just legalizing it or decriminalizing it fully, which, I mean, yeah, obviously pot shouldn't be and should have never been in the same category as heroin or above fentanyl, but simply lowering the severity of it isn't going to solve the problem. It just hey, completely deschedule it. The sentiment that was made clear during the student debt relief conversation is still valid when it comes to marijuana. They are going to hate you for it regardless. Why not go all the way? Yeah. Okay. Also, like, it's not, this isn't some hypothetical fucking thing. Like, not only do we have other countries to look at, we have, like, 20-something states. Like, here in California, it, they honestly went farther with it than I even thought or was comfortable with, and nothing has changed. Like, I, I'm honestly surprised that there's billboards literally showing, like, joints and being like, here's where to buy this joint on this billboard. But, like, no effect whatsoever. My life has there's, not... There's... Yeah, personally, absolutely not. I mean, there's effects monetarily. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some problems with the taxation of it. Sure. In some scenarios. But, but it didn't far, cause yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. It didn't cause It didn't chaos. cause societal yes. collapse. Um, and even the people who are, like, you know... Los Angeles and San Francisco are like third world shitholes. Like even they can't like twist logic enough to try to draw a causal connection between marijuana legalization because even they know it would be absurd to try to make that case. Yeah, and also uh, a, a decent amount of boomers love weed. They do. They as grew up as, with it. As soon as the kids are out of the house, their viewpoint on recreational drugs changes immediately. They love it. Immediately. It reminds them of their youth. Exactly. How else can you reconnect and uh, expand your mind in different ways? Now, for boomers, that usually means angrily posting online while stoned. But, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's probably beneficial. I have a, yeah. I have an uncle who smokes a ton of weed and, and posts. posts a lot of fucking <laughs> MAGA boomer shit. All the time. So, yeah, no, th these people exist. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is this is pretty bipartisan. <laughs> it's an easy win. Um, again, this is good news. Uh, we're trying not to, like, rain on the parade. We just want you to understand what's really uh, in this so that we can do more. 
Yeah. And ask go for more. further. Yeah. But hey, it's a it's a step. And it'll be interesting to see uh, the battle lines drawn over the next few weeks. I the timing is, you know, strategic, but I don't I don't like that, you know, you wait till I mean, I guess it's the reality of things, but it is annoying. Yeah. It's like you could have done this at any time in the last two years. Well, but. yeah. Or the last forty years. But uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, I don't know if the timing is suspect because literally the day before this happened, the Kardashians episode featured Kim's mom. What's her name? Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner took an edible and laughed. And so Joe Biden was probably watching this show and was like, that looks fun. Wait, that's a felony? Yeah. We need to get on this. Jill, have you heard about marijuana? Is it bad? For Call me? up Hunter. Yeah, I bet he knows a thing or two. Ooh, Hunter's in a, potentially in a lot of trouble. Dad, right you now. want? There's this thing called dabs. <laughs> Here, I'll show you. First, you take this butane torch, and then you need a nail. It has to be made out of uh, zinc, I think. Yeah. That's what's funny is like picturing. There's such a vast difference between stoners. Like thinking about someone who's like hitting a vape on a hiking trail versus someone who's like in just doing dabs literally like melting wax and like having a giant elaborate setup is so funny the rise of dabs that's when i knew i was was like i'm done (laughs) this is too much even for me time for me to move on although man what i love (laughs) to see a documentary about when marijuana is legalized in states where it has actually been a huge felony for so long and people who used to smoke in the 70s having modern weed for the first time Oh, that they're is gonna lose their mind. Yeah. Oh my god. They're gonna pack like a big fat joint. Hold on. This should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the, like, yeah in the '60s. Like you had, you did have to smoke an entire like cigarette sized joint just to get a slight buzz. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Maybe they were better off for it. I think they were. When I was a medical user 15 years ago, yeah. I would ask for the shitty. They they had a lot. Most of the shops the, the they have so, shake. They sold shake, and I, I would just I, that's all I would buy because I was like. I can roll a full joint with this shit and get Forever. the perfect amount yeah. of high and not like just go down a fucking K-hole. Yeah. I can actually function. And it feels in a lot more satisfying than taking one little yeah, tiny Yeah, There's other stuff you're selling, I gotta go like Alright, I hope that wasn't too much. Yeah. And that's it. And then you can't smoke again for 24 hours. Like, fuck that. Anyway, that's weed talk. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't touched the stuff in years. Oh, uh, maybe it's time to get from, back in. I enjoy it from time to time. It's, Can't uh, do it. Uh, it's, it always sounds like a good idea, and then I'm like, immediately, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. You well, just you gotta you gotta get to the point where you're like, this is uh, this is the most intense part. It'll all be over soon, over the hump, and actually, then it'll be smooth sailing. I, actually, I have done it a couple times. I always do it at, at uh, concerts because I know I'm just gonna be standing right here Nothing for the else. next two hours, yeah. and I have no responsibilities at all. But also. Stop, kind of stopped doing that, started doing something else that maybe I can't say on here. Oh, okay. But it's perfectly safe and perfectly natural. Yeah, it grows okay. in the ground. It actually grows in shit. Oh. oh. Anyway. Well, yeah. Now. Let's, let's weed talk now. Yeah. It's time for our continued coverage of the real scandal, rocking society these days. Elaborate and sexy new ways to cheat at sports. Uh-huh. All competitive everything is, now in uh, is suspect at the moment. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen our video from earlier this week, everyone seems to be cheating in every sport all the time. We're talking ESPN 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah. Those sports you don't even think about. Uh-huh. There's all scandals. Oh, I can't wait for the cornhole scandal to drop. Scandals all the way down. Uh, these cornhole bags are corked. Yeah. <laughs> so our, our exposure to the deep underbelly of competitive sports started with a rumor about cheating at one of this planet's most traditional and illustrious games of skill. Of course, talking about the match between relative newcomer Hans Niemann and the reigning champion Magnus Carlsen at the, uh, the classy sport of chess, mm-hmm. which launched what is now 
been weeks of speculation, conspiracy theories, and drama across the chess world and the internet. Was Hans Niemann cheating? And if so, was he doing so by inserting anal beads into his rectum and using them to receive distinct vibrations that would help him make moves on the board? That is the question, ladies and gentlemen. It's a plausible one. I mean, people were torn. Some people thought he was definitely cheating. Some people thought that Magnus Carlsen was overreacting after being beaten by a Twitch streamer. Everyone else just thought it was kind of funny that a competitor was accused of shoving something up his ass in order to cheat. Needless to say, this very funny accusation was also very serious. The legitimacy of the sport was at stake, so officials had to do something. And what followed was a deep investigation into Neiman's history on chess.com. And it looks like he might actually be a prolific cheater. Wow. Unless, of course, there's some deep conspiracy in the world of chess that is actively working against Neiman because he dared to come for the king. Which could be true. And is also I don't a play know. on words. How do they know he cheated? Over on their official website, the crew at chess.com posted their official findings of the deep investigation. Deep. 72 pages worth of PDFs were posted. And the statements and investigations results were summarized, thankfully, in a recent Wall Street Journal article whose headline sums up the findings. Chess investigation finds that U.S. Grandmaster likely cheated more than 100 times. Wow, what is this guy, a member of the Try Guys? Hey, hey, I tried, I tried, I tried chess a whole lot. I found that cheating was the easiest way to win. I do like, though, the idea that someone, and he is still young, obviously, but yeah. the idea that someone cheated a hundred times over multiple years, look, I don't know. But as someone who doesn't play chess, a hundred times to me sounds like a lot, but it might not sound yeah, how like a lot. How much chess was this guy playing? If you're, if you're playing, you know, dozens of games a day, like... Yeah, was he doing that Bobby Fischer thing? Just like, line him up. Just going to go in a circle. Bam. <laughs> Next one. Bam. He's line like, him up. He's at the uh, the Metaverse Washington uh, Square Park in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, sit down, young blood. <laughs> Bop. Wait, hold on a second. Did your ass just buzz? <laughs> Got a cheetah over here. Uh-huh. Uh, from the Wall Street Journal, the report reviewed by the Wall Street Journal alleges that Neiman likely received illegal assistance in more than 100 online games as recently as 2020. Okay. Those matches included contests in which prize money was on the line. This is just like the fishing thing. The site uses a variety of cheating detection tools, including analytics that compare moves to those recommended by chess engines, which are capable of beating even the greatest human players every time. The report states that Neiman privately confessed to the allegations and that he was subsequently banned from the site for a period of time. The 72-page report also flagged what it described as irregularities in Neiman's rise through the elite ranks of competitive in-person chess. It highlights many remarkable signals and unusual patterns in Hans's path as a player. While it says Neiman's improvement has been statistically extraordinary, Chess.com noted that it hasn't historically been involved with cheat detection for classical over-the-board chess, and it stopped short of any conclusive statements about whether he has cheated in person. Still, it pointed to several of Neiman's strongest events, which it believes merit further investigation based on the data. FIDE, Chess World's governing body, is conducting its own investigation into the Neiman Carlson affair. When Neiman addressed this suspicion last month, he said the only instance in which he cheated in an event with prize money was when he was 12. He said he later cheated as a 16-year-old in random games, and that they were the biggest mistakes of his life. He also said he never cheated while live-streaming a game. Quote, I would never could even fathom doing it in a real game, he said. The Chess.com report contradicts those statements. It says several prize money events are included in the 100-plus suspect games and that he was live-streaming the contest during 25 of them. 
It adds that he was 17 years old during the most recent violations, which subsequently led Chess.com to close his account. So whether or not he's innocent, the damage to his reputation has definitely already been done. And on Thursday of this week, video made its way online showing Hans Niemann having his ass scanned by a security guard and a device before he was allowed entry into the U.S. chess competitions. And it's just a very funny scene. All right, he's clean. I mean, it's like we're watching the next 30 for 30 playing out in real time. We are yeah, living it, folks. I would think so. Uh-huh. Anyway, we got a little bit more news for you in a second. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Stamps.com. Mm -hmm. Ding dong, the holiday season has a way of sneaking up on us all. And if, you, if you're like the other millions of people out there, you probably wish you had more time to prepare for the holidays so that you could spend more time enjoying them. And if you're a small business owner, you already know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. If you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Oh, no. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and never waste another dollar or minute. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer so you can spend less time at the post office and more time running your business. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. And with inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect those margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates with up to 86% off. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. By the way, if you run an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. So get ahead of the holiday chaos this year and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code NEWSDUMP for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code NEWSDUMP. That is Stamps.com with code NEWSDUMP for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. All right, back to the news now. And yes, we've seen it. We've seen the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer. And while we obviously can't play clips on this show, we're going to assume that you've already seen it or are pausing this episode so that you can go witness this trailer right now. So do come back, though. Obviously, the biggest question going into this was not whether it would be a cool-looking Mario movie. We've already seen what a 3D, high-quality render of Mario and the world he inhabits looks like. Mm. Uh, so no, everyone was waiting to see what Mario was going to sound like, considering production had gone with Chris Pratt. Of all people, instead of an actual voice actor, instead of an actual Italian, this is italophobia. It is. It's Italian erasure. Pretty much everyone assumed that this was a terrible choice for the film, and... Um, Looks like everyone was right, because surprise, surprise, Mario sounds like Chris Pratt. He sounds like Chris Pratt. Yeah, sounds, can, can sounds you believe like it? Star-Lord, sounds like Master Builder, sounds like Chris Pratt. Uh, and in fact, it seems like Chris Pratt did not even attempt to do any specific voice for the role. He, it's, he's just doing Chris Pratt. Yeah, he. you know, I bet somewhere on a hard drive there is Chris Pratt doing an Italian right, Chris, accent. Let's try, that. let's try it, but a little more Italian this time. <laughs> All right, we're going to get fucking sued. It's a me and Mario. Up and at them. So yeah, I mean, the rest of the cast, despite being filled with big-named actors instead of voice actors, seems to be fine, mainly because people aren't as married to voices of other characters. Luigi, of course, also should be Italian. Well, or John Leguizamo. Yeah. As is tradition. But uh, yeah, it's... Look, Jack Black is 
I think he sounds fine as Bowser because he's actually trying. You can see that he's trying. And I bet Chris Pratt did try, but like this is his best shot. Just sounding like himself. Which is why they put his name on there anyway. It's like, yeah. why would we want to hire Chris Pratt to sound like someone who isn't Chris Pratt? Right. Yeah. It's still, it's I just it's baffling. Yeah. I do, I do want to say, though, that the movie, it looks fine. Uh, the animation, it's beautiful. I And I honestly don't care in any real way, any personal way, who voices what. Because the movie, it's not made for me. I've already got my perfect Mario movie. Yeah, everyone is waiting for their Mario movie. You already got yours 20-something years ago. And sure, I grew up playing Mario games, but I don't need to viciously defend intellectual properties from appealing to new generations simply because a different iteration of the property once brought me joy personally. Kids can have it, and kids don't give a fuck what Mario sounds like. Yeah, they're stupid. Having said that, though, uh, it does appear as though the film has gone with the trope of just tossing a normal human person into a world of fantasy where they have to literally embody the role. Oh, the guy, he got sucked in through, like, the, the weak the pipe. sensor. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it makes, in that sense, it makes sense that his voice would be normal. Mario comes through a pipe, and uh, in the brief dialogue that we do actually hear from him, is confused about his current location and how he got there. So... Really seems like Chris Pratt's going to have his headphones on, doing his Star-Lord dance, and then fall into a hole. Oh no, woe is me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, in some cases it's canonical, canonical to the game. It's definitely canonical to the live-action television series from the early yeah. 90s. But it has been indicated previously that Mario uh, and his brother Luigi simply arrived in the Mushroom Kingdom on a stork. Anyways, who cares? Kids are going to go apeshit for this movie, and Universal's opening a Mario-based land. So this is going to be massive Chris Pratt or not. It has... It's going to be... I am big. excited for that Universal Studios thing. They've been building that for a while now. I think they started before the pandemic. And it... it from You can see the top if you're going down the stairs yeah. there. Looks cool. But in other entertainment news, controversy has finally come for the Great British Bake Off, or as it's known here in the U.S., due to some weird trademark... Uh, it's known as the Great British Baking Show because someone owns the trademark to Bake Off. Whatever. It's the Great British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. And they've decided to, you know, feature cultures from around the world through their very specific British lens, the British lens that everyone loves, until they don't. <laughs> and the results of their Mexican Celebration Week should be enough to prove that Mexican culture is really just little more than a fantasy to everyone involved in this production. And, and you know, really, why wouldn't it be, like, I was, if you live in the United States or Latin America, this footage is genuinely shocking and <laughs> disturbing, but you do have to, re you got to remember, like, how many fucking Mexicans are spending much time in the UK, and why would they be? And how many people from the UK are, like, really immersing themselves in any kind of, like... Yeah, it's just something you never Mexican think of. Mexican culture. Because Latin American culture in the US is just so, it's just, it's just everywhere, it's just part of it. And you forget that on the other side of the Atlantic, that is absolutely not the case. The majority of British people that have any firsthand experience with Mexican culture, I would bet that that experience came from visiting Epcot Center's Mexican Pavilion. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> let's just look at some examples. I love those three Cavaleros. <laughs> let's just look at some examples that were <laughs> lovingly compiled by Twitter user Andy Harriod. And yeah, I mean, look, we can't show clips we will link his thread down below so you can go watch through everything yourself because you do kind of have to see it. I'll, I'll do the screenshots so you, you yeah. visually can There's see There's a few uh, mispronunciations that are so just 
horrific. I can't I, even replicate it. Yeah, I'm like, like, how the fuck would you get this from that? Uh, yeah, first of all, they, they introduced their Mexican Week feature by mispronouncing a lot, uh, but very specific staples of Mexican cuisine. Uh, they butcher the phrase pico de gallo, which is, what do they say? Like pico, pico de, de, de gallo or something? Uh, uh, guacamole. Yeah. Which is so like butchered so badly. Guatemala or something. Yeah. And just the word taco. They're just, the Brits say taco in such a, a bad. Taco. Yeah. Also, I'm sure that this food being featured it is tasty. It looks I mean, like it tastes good. It's cooked red meat with vegetables. How can you mess it up, really? Yeah. But what they're presenting doesn't represent a taco in the traditional visual sense. Um, yeah, this is a like tapas hors d'oeuvre that just happens to have a sort of corn tortilla underneath it. Like, at least they didn't go with the Americanized version, which is oh, literally yeah, a hamburger God. in a hard shell. Yeah. Uh, developed by the wonderful, what's his, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Bell, and that's why Taco Bell is named yeah. Taco Bell. And I just want to say, like, if they, if the British, if the Great British Baking Show was doing like traditional, traditional Mexican street food, it would not be good content because no. it's simple and you just do these things and there it is. Well, and then like, British people would try to replicate it in their own home kitchens and die of spice overload. Can I put some tikka masala sauce on it? They No, they would be like ca cayenne pe pe paprika. Ca what is a jalapeno? <laughs> I put the jalapenos on. <laughs> I think my mouth's going to burn right off. Sir, you haven't even eaten the taco yet. You are just in its presence. <laughs> Uh, so the hosts also question, jokingly, of course, whether or not Mexico is even a real place before appearing on camera with maracas in one scene and also wearing sombreros and ponchos while making a joke about they, how they shouldn't make jokes about Mexico. Not even Juan joke. And then, Good one, yeah. And then they, They're discovering jokes that like American kids make in like fucking middle school for the first time. Mm -hmm. they're, uh, they're on their path. Uh, they also, of course, called the competition a Mexican standoff. Of course, yes. And yeah, I mean, it's on, honestly, like Elliot said, it's, pro it's pretty <laughs> bottom of the barrel stuff. It's uh, already been done to death over here in the States. So, I mean, it is good to see the Brits try to continue and top Americans when it comes to having zero taste and zero worldly experience. I, I made the point on Twitter that, like, you would have a equal or worse uh, scenario on your hands if, like, Top Chef or something... Uh, tasked all the contestants with making a donor kebab. Yeah. It would be horrendous. You'd, you'd have people in continental Europe just like watching this, like, what are they doing? No. No, what is that? Raisins? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah, let's uh, move over to some crypto news, I guess. So stop, wait, we promise you'll like this one. Okay, yeah, this one's good, actually. Uh, Kim Kardashian has been fined $1.26 million in penalties, which she will have to pay to the SEC in order to settle charges that she illicitly touted a cryptocurrency token on social media without disclosing how much she was paid for the promotion. Uh, here's NBC News with more. In June 2021, Kardashian posted an Instagram story inviting her 328 million followers to invest in Ethereum Max. This is not financial advice, Kardashian wrote in her story, <laughs> but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. Among other hashtags, she included the word ad. 
Kardashian, <laughs> Kardashian was one of many celebrities who were part of a crypto craze last year, which included intense interest in and advertising and funding of cryptocurrencies and their related technologies. SEC Chair Gary Gensler said in a news release unveiling the charges that the law requires celebrities to disclose to the public when and how much they are paid to promote investing in securities. The SEC said Kardashian failed to disclose that she had been paid $250,000 to promote the token. What are you doing, Kim? While Kardashian did Pennies to her. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. While Kardashian didn't admit to wrongdoing in the settlement, according to the SEC news release, she agreed she won't advertise anything crypto-related for the next three years. Wow. $250,000. You are a billionaire. Yeah. What and the fuck are you doing? Also, the fine means nothing to her. Yeah. Yeah. The fine is a mere slap on the wrist for Kardashian, who reportedly is still a billionaire. I don't know how the divorce affected that, but she was always more wealthy than Kanye, who is, uh, while we filmed this, doing an interview with Tucker Carlson. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, for context, this is like having $1,000 in your bank account and then like getting pulled over and your speeding ticket is a dollar. That's how it should be. Well, yeah, <laughs> honestly, but uh, <laughs> I should be able to speed however and for how long ever I want. If you have a net worth of zero, you are now allowed to commit any road crime you want. <laughs> yeah. Because that's only fair. Yeah. And you, chances are you're probably commuting a longer distance for work. So yeah. why not get some extra time? In? Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the fine and the oh, three years that I can't post about crypto uh, probably not going to teach her any substantial lesson, especially since her fans obviously don't care. It's not as if Kardashian is living out of a dumpster right now. So, yeah, there's still other shoes to drop, though. Uh, according to their reporting, boxer Floyd Mayweather Jr., basketball player Paul Pierce, and football player Antonio Brown were also named as defendants in the lawsuit, which is in progress in the U.S. District Court for Central California. Um, and as for why this is happening to a Kardashian and not Matt Damon... Um, just to explain that really quick, Matt Damon did a commercial for an exchange company, a legitimate commercial for a crypto exchange. Kim Kardashian literally pumped a shit coin directly on her Instagram feed. Yeah. Um, it's completely different. Um, it puts Damon outside of the jurisdiction of the SEC, for one. Uh, so that's why... But in the court of public opinion, we he, find him guilty. Yes, exactly. So there you go. Because fortune favors the bold. Mm -hmm. Finally today... A plea from the McDonald's workers of America to their fellow adults. Please, stop inundating your local McDonald's location with multiple orders of the adult Happy Meal. We joked about grown men and women jumping on the counters and demanding the adult Happy Meal. And uh, I guess that's kind of happening. Though mostly through the McDonald's app, where people seem to be ordering in bulk, mainly because they think the toys will be extremely valuable to collectors. God. Here's Fortune. While potential customers were excited about the special promotion and the limited edition toys, McDonald's employees were less enthusiastic about dealing with a rush of customers. I can see the stress among my coworkers, one employee told Kotaku. Employees are venting on social media like TikTok and Reddit. Y'all, please stop ordering these, posted one employee on TikTok. Another employee wrote, they going crazy with the adult Happy Meals over a video showing the number of Happy Meal orders. New adult Happy Meals are killing me, said one post on the McDonald's employees subreddit. We ran out of boxes the first day we had them, and ran out of toys the second. And on the third day, we had to say the truck doesn't come till tomorrow, wrote one commenter elsewhere on the subreddit. It's been not fun. This is, uh, I read that Beanie Baby book, uh, The Great Beanie Baby, I don't remember the title. It's a good mm -hmm. book, though, you'll find it. And uh, they had a chapter towards the end, like sort of the death knell of Beanie Babies was when they sold them as part of a McDonald's Happy Meal. 
and people were like losing their minds trying to get them. And like the book just like breaks down the actual math of this. It's like they made like millions of these. There is absolutely no rarity at all to any of this shit. And people were buying them in bulk, thinking they were getting something with value. Yeah, uh, I haven't read the book. Uh, there is a. I don't know if it's HBO Max or regular HBO or whatever, because it's also confusing. But there's like a really in-depth Beanie Baby documentary. Yeah, I watched that before I read the book. The it's book has uh, a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. The book covers uh, the actual guy behind Beanie Babies a lot more in-depth. And he is a strange man. And also screwed out a very uh, young worker who invented like the the one of the big selling points, which yeah. was what the, uh, the sayings on the inside of the tag. This extremely petty man. Screwed yes. over a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But look, if we're talking to anyone out there who is uh, thinking about hounding McDonald's employees or ordering, in some cases, like 20 or 30 Where's meals the on the app. Where's going? Pr probably into the trash. Man. Yeah. I don't like uh, that. It's, it's okay. You do not need the Happy Meal. And the toys probably aren't going to be your key to Absolutely financial Absolutely not going to be. So everyone just needs to calm down. Okay. You know what's the key to your financial freedom? That one cup that they sold in the 90s that's like radioactive? I have it in my cupboard right yeah, now. Yeah, see, that's got value to it. Yes, I. when that post was going viral, I... Well, I did touch it. I mean, I touched it a lot. But uh, I think you'd have to have been like drinking out of it every day for years. <laughs> it, it was a favorite cup of mine <laughs> no. growing up. I, oh, no. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not like... I'm not just saying that. I still have it in my possession because I liked it that much when I was a kid. Okay, well... So... <laughs> I did a little more research on my own, and the, the research I did on my own said that it's not that big of a deal to worry about. But yes, I do have the Garfield uh, yeah. cup. All right. Yeah, that was, I, I didn't have the cup. I, I, honestly, did. I'm not sure you could actually sell it because of the radiation. It's a biohazard. Yeah. You have to label it with those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm screwed. It explains a lot. Anyways, <laughs> that's our episode. If you want, uh, you ha we have plenty more for you to watch, of course, over here. We have... Look, there's already an update. It's not over here yet because we're going to talk. There's already an update to all of the Elon stuff because, of course, there is. And we'll maybe get to it in Weekly Weird News or maybe uh, early next week. But I, I thought about putting it in this, but it kept changing. The story kept changing as the day progressed. So we'll get to it. Don't worry. But for uh, up until Thursday, you can watch the Elon news over on Tech News Day. And if you want to watch how people are brazenly cheating in the world of fishing, among other things, watch our episode from earlier in the week. In the meantime, subscribe to the channel, leave a like. Thank you to the 5,000. Leave a comment, and we'll see you soon.